0: They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to Tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: Right there, right there. What hell, up?
0: This is the game.
2: It's a uh, cat and mouse. Smoked a turkey. <laughs> yes.
1: He is down. He is freaking down. Said he shot an absolute giant.
2: Fall Obsession, baby. Hey,
1: everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another Fall Obsession podcast episode. I am your guide today once again, Sam Thrash, and joining me again today is one of our own, Mr. Nick Powell. What's up,
2: guys? Thanks for joining us again today, buddy. Man, I'm always Always glad to be here. Always love getting to hang out with you. Yeah, it's always a good time. It's always a blast. So, for those of you who don't know... A lot about
1: us here at Fall Obsession we, we're, a, we're a media production company and we do a lot of, a lot of videos and obviously podcasts, stuff like that around hunting and outdoor uh, related topics. Uh, we're big into bow hunting. Um, that, that's our bread and butter right there but we, we dabble in a lot of other stuff. But with doing productions and stuff like that, a big, a big thing that uh, comes into play is filming obviously and filming your hunts and we're that's kind of what we want to dive in and and break down Um, Nick is our is our media production manager I've been working um, on the on that side of things as well for for several years now so not not to say that we're experts but we feel like we have a good idea on on what's going on Um, or, or at least I do.
2: You're over here shaking your head. We just have a little bit of experience. (laughs) So yeah, we're way, I, especially me, I'm way out of the expert range. Um, but we do have a little bit of experience where we've dabbled into the, the filming of hunts and, um, filming of different videos for, for, uh. Different kinds of equipment and gear. Yeah, um, that sort of thing. We are not professionals. We and
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and that maybe what you want to hear. That may not be what you want to hear. Yeah. But we hope that it's what you want to hear because it. We're average guys. Mm. You know, if you're a hunter and you're listening to this podcast, then we're just like you, man. We have the same struggles, and it's becoming more and more popular for guys to want to document their own hunts and put them on YouTube. Whether you got your own little channel going or whether you're just doing it for your own, you know, your own records and your own enjoyment, you yeah. know, that that's that's perfectly
2: fine too. But there's more and more people that are doing that. Where, so- where technology is today, the social media platforms, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitter, whatever, they have become such a huge part of everybody's lives uh, to, in today's society that mm-hmm. uh, it's it's becoming, like you said, more and more popular. Um, a lot more people are, are interested in doing that kind of thing. So, yeah, uh, especially everyday guys like us, uh, we're gonna try and give you some couple of pointers in filming yourself, filming with a cameraman, yeah, uh, that
1: sort of thing. Yeah, that that's and, and and everything that we've learned, we have not been to classes, we have not been properly or professionally schooled on this stuff. This is stuff that we have learned off of pure trial and error Mm -hmm. like it it is it is not something that we have picked up from other professionals we're uh we're like we said we're just like y'all we're we're nothing nothing special so i'll quit blabbering about that and dive in though we can talk about it and and we recently had a had a podcast episode about our i think a good place to start we recently had a podcast episode about our san angelo hunt that we did back in december uh, which if you guys have not Listen to that episode yet? Please go back and do so because it is—it's a blast, and I feel like it was pretty well conveyed the enjoyment that we had out there oh, yeah. during that during that episode. So, please go back and listen to that. Um, but while we were out there, almost everybody had a camera, mm-hmm. and almost everybody was videoing, mm-hmm. and so there was a lot of filming going on. Some with a cameraman, some without a cameraman, and it really really brought into uh, perspective the the advantages and disadvantages to to both and also kind of it always brings home you know when you're when you're doing this at the scale that we've now found ourselves at it's you always think in the back of your mind whenever you're out there how nice it would be just to be able to go back and not have a camera with you yeah. and just yeah. be able to wander around and hunt yeah but so we, we went out there i know you and i filmed with each other yep, a couple a of times, a couple yeah. of times and and guys again to, to break it down for you guys to a level that um not only is just hunter to hunter but also when we're talking about equipment stuff that you guys can use half of us out there we are filming with our cell phones um, now granted we we do have nicer phones I mean Nick and I are both carrying the the iPhone XRs with us but these phones the video quality when you're when you're not really having to use zoom the video quality is so good that it it, it does almost anything that a regular regular camera oh yeah absolutely it's just as clear uh just as good quality video the only times that i don't like um videoing with an iphone is one real is lower light situations Mm -hmm. there's cameras with lenses that can really give you an advantage there over the phone and then the other one is when you're actually having to zoom in like we were in san angelo bow hunting where your longest shot is 30 yards that's really not a problem. You may zoom in a little bit, but it's nothing's going to be to the point where, you know, it's so fuzzy and grainy that it doesn't look good, yes. you know. Um, whereas you look at the, the flip side and, for example, Chester and I last year up in Montana, mm-hmm. antelope hunting, that was a different ball game. We had to be a lot more careful. We carried an actual video camera with us, and then we carried a phone that was ready to go for video as well. And if we were filming close up, you know, in your face type stuff, then we'd be using a phone. If we had to zoom out there on an animal, we would try to get that other video camera out there to use that one, um, because it made a big difference. And so that's the disadvantage to filming with the phone. But the point is that stuff is as simple as the phone that you guys carry around your pocket every day, um, can be used to, to film your own hunts. We, we were just at the bow shop earlier today and talking with a guy out there, um, who films with his phone, you yeah. know, a majority of the time, and, and he has some pretty cool videos as well. Yeah.
2: So got a TV show. Yeah. Everything.
1: A lot of guys. A lot of guys are doing it, and uh, and it's a quick and easy way to to be able to get into whether you're filming with somebody or by yourself. It, it's a great way to be able to capture that footage. Um, the other thing that I'll talk about is accessories because guys are like, well, do I need mounts? Do I need microphones? You know, what what do I need to include with me to be able to be able to film stuff properly and i'll tell people you know amazon's your friend mm-hmm. you know you can get everything that you need on amazon oh yeah we have ordered for for fall obsession and for our media productions we have ordered um lapel mics we've ordered uh, actual uh, brackets that our phones can sit in on a tripod or that you can use handheld yep um We've ordered um, just attachments, lights, stuff like that, all for very, very inexpensively off of Amazon. And it's, you know, I, I'm not trying to give away our secrets or <laughs> or tell people, you know, um, try to tell them people we're cheap or anything, but, we're, I mean, we're, 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 like we said, we're, we're just like y'all.
2: Our goal is to be transparent because yeah, we exactly. are just like you guys. Uh, we we don't have a ton of money to spend. We don't have a ton of time um, Sam, I think mentioned earlier that uh, we work full-time jobs. Uh, none of us are getting paid by Fall Obsession or anything like that, uh, and so it's it's kind of just a hobby. And so we're not we're not making any money, and so we don't have that much to spend. Also, all we have is the everyday money, just like you guys that that work full-time jobs to support your families uh, or and support yourselves. Uh, so we just want to be transparent with you guys and and really. Um, come at you with humility of where we're at, yeah, absolutely. so
1: gear equipment, you can you can not spend the thousands of dollars that these guys that are on TV have to. You can do you can put together a really good production um, with pretty simple stuff. Oh yeah, um, as far as editing, I'm sure that we can do a whole nother episode on video editing or editing hunts, mm-hmm. but in a nutshell, um, we, we use Adobe products for all of our productions, but, um, iMovie, stuff like that also can, can accomplish what you want to do if it's on a pretty simple scale. So, um, and, and we'll probably dive into that on another episode, I would yeah. imagine. But talking about self-filming versus filming with a cameraman, you and I sat together several times last fall, you yes. we were in a blind together and- filming each other went went both ways Um, one thing that we really tried to do and I think really turned out good when we started editing videos was having a camera on the hunter and having a camera
2: out the window yes two different cameras definitely helped a lot definitely increased the amount of angles so we could give our viewers the full picture of what was going on in real time we didn't have to go back and refilm drawing your bow back or uh, trying to get the timing of that shot or what, what else. You didn't have to go back and forth from the animal to the hunter, to back to the animal. Uh, you were able to get both shots simultaneously uh, and while it was all happening mm-hmm. in real time.
1: Yes. And, and that's another thing that some guys talk about doing is, and especially when they're self-filming, is getting a shot on the animal and then going back the next day at the same time in the same light and filming themselves drawing the bow back or, or stuff like that. There's nothing wrong with that, but I I truly believe that it's hard to capture the the intensity of the moment. Yes. You know, absolutely. The, it's hard to capture that hunter's body language and that their attitude, their their them being nervous, mm-hmm. you know, their anticipation of the shot, it's hard to capture that 24 hours later. The reaction of a solid shot, yes, the reaction's even harder. So, it's that's that's something that especially if you got a guy rolling with you try to put even if it's just one of y'all's cell phones to put a phone or something on one of you guys, the hunter so that you can capture that because that that's part of it. Mm-hmm. We were talking in a previous podcast episode about your excitement after you shot a turkey. Yep. You know? You would never have been able to duplicate that. No. definitely you know, not. That, that was wouldn't. something that we captured in the moment, as it happened real time. Mm-hmm. And because of that it made for a dang good home. You
2: want it to be completely candid. Yeah. And absolutely. We were able to
1: capture that. So that yeah. was awesome. The challenges with, with self filming I feel like it it gets it's really difficult. It's another obviously it's another thing to to think about, to have to plan for—it's more gear that you got to haul out there by yourself. And especially if you're a public land hunter, you're going out there, you're bringing a hang on or or even a saddle with you um, to hunt. You know, it's it's one extra thing. There's some guys that do it, and man, kudos to you. I know I've done it. It's hard mm-hmm. and and it sucks. But when you when you actually when you once one once you get the hang of it, it gets easier right. once you have a system down. And two, especially if you're successful um it's definitely worth your time but for other guys that you know don't have that that luck streak going or 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 maybe just don't have the the same interest at the same level you know it can be difficult um whereas filming with a cameraman definitely has its advantages cuz yeah. then you got one guy that is dedicated to that job mm-hmm. that's he hauls that gear in he takes care of it he sets up he films all the only thing that has to happen is he's got to make sure that he's on that animal when the yep. hunter shoots there has to be communication between them when that happens yep. um and then
2: cuz everybody wants the kill shot
1: yeah exactly <laughs> that's that's why people watch hunting videos you don't watch a hunting video so that you can just watch this guy walk around the woods or watch deer sitting under you know, sitting under a feet yep. or out in a field or in a food plot. You want to see the kill shot. Yep. That's why guys watch our videos is because they want to see
2: mm-hmm. the kill shot. Luckily in San Angelo, we were able to get plenty of kill shots. Yes. Um, due to the fact that we were we had plenty of people, uh, and so we were lucky enough to get enough people in a blind to where we could film the kill shot, and the hunter only has to worry about getting a good shot. He doesn't yeah. have to worry about getting his camera. But I believe... Uh, field staffer Stephen Bowen did a little self filming while he was out there. S- Stephen Bowen is probably one of our biggest
1: self filmers that he's that we got, got an awesome setup yeah, and we'll have to have him on the show one day to to talk about his setup but um he he's got it figured out and uh and he was showing showing several guys in camp you know how he how he does it and and what he's got going for him so he's he's well prepared and and I would try to explain what he's got. Going on, but I feel like that would be better suited for for him to do yeah, himself. Absolutely, so we'll have to have him on the show at a later. So date. stay tuned. Yes, stay tuned. Watch out. <laughs> watch for that Stephen Bowen special guest episode right there. But
2: the uh, the disadvantage, real quick for the listeners, uh, Stephen actually lives in Georgia. Yes. So for him to come and do a, a, a podcast would be <laughs> would be a, a, a treat. Yes,
1: it would be oh, a treat, God. or we might just have to have him call in or something. That might, yeah. So you know,
2: just dial, work around. Dial 1-800. <laughs> <laughs> 1-800 follow-up session. <laughs> just kidding. That's not an actual No, word. please do not call it, that number. <laughs> but
1: there's disadvantages to having a cameraman, and that was what I was going to touch on real quick, and, and a big part of it is that it's a whole other person. Yes. Like, uh, so when you're what's one thing when you're sitting in a stand and you can conceal yourself mm-hmm. pretty easily but like last year, when Chester and I were up in Montana hunting with Drew yes. up there, we had Drew, who is kind of thankfully functioning as our guide up there. <laughs> we had either Chester or myself that was hunting, and then the other guy would be filming. So that's that's three people instead of two. Two people is already more obvious than yep. one. So you're dragging around this just long train of people right. that are
2: weaving their way around the countryside. twice the noise. You have twice the scent trail. You have twice the the body mass yes uh uh, and so uh hot tip real quick is one that i heard on a different podcast hey Uh, don't be stealing other people's stuff we're all original here man hey they shared the hot tip with us (laughs) we could share it with other people but uh credit goes to the meteor podcast uh their hot tip was that if you are doing like a spot and stock type of hunt um if the cameraman can kind of get back and look like one one person maybe look like a tree or something like that and kind of get behind the hunter if you're doing that type of hunting. Now, if you're sitting in a tree, it's a whole different story.
1: Yeah. So when we were out there, I know what I would do whenever I filmed Chester. Um, he and Drew would be up there. We used a fan decoy a lot of times, and so they'd be up there. They'd be moving around um, trying to stalk. Can you explain to the listeners what a fan decoy sure. is? Sure. A fan decoy is it's basically a 2D... Antelope or pronghorn, or they make them in mule deer and elk as well. But it's basically a
2: two D decoy. It's like a picture of a pronghorn antelope. Yes. So it's like it's like this cardboard or something. Yeah. It's like this little little canvas that you hold up, and
1: it's supported with support rods, and you have handles on the backside. But printed on it is the image of an antelope. So the idea is to be able to stock up and use this fan decoy, is what it's called to pretend that you're an antelope right, and that way you can get closer and mainly use it when you're bow hunting like we were um, spotting stock, get it closer to where you can actually get a shot. Chester had more success with it than I did Um, and and that's just how the cards fell, but um, he would try to stay as close up on Drew as he could so they would always be together and I would either be right there with him or depending on if they were going up a hill or just depending on the lay of the land, the circumstances, really, I might hang back mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, there was there were several instances where they were creeping up on this hill, and they were really trying to, to make their, like you say, their footprint as small as possible. Right. With these antelope on the other side of the hill. And it sucks being the camera guy because I want to be up on that hill so I can film the antelope and them. Right. But they are telling me to stay back, and I have to trust their judgment on that because they can see the antelope, and I can't. Mm-hmm. And they're telling me to stay back because if I, if I move up, I'm going to blow it. Yep. So that, that's, the dis, that's a disadvantage to having a cameraman is it's an extra guy, and you while you are responsible for getting everything on film, you are also kind of at the mercy of that hunter and the decisions that he makes during that hunt. Um, so that's another thing that you have to factor in. Self filming with spot and stock, I feel like can be can be pretty difficult. Um, Self filming, in my opinion, is really something that really best suits when you're in a stand situation. Yeah, it's not something that uh, that's going to be very easy to do when you're on the move and looking at a quick shot. And it's an, like I said, it's another thing that you're going to have to set up. Two years ago, when I was in Montana by myself, um, there were several hunts where. I was filming by myself spot and stock and it sucked. It was hard. <laughs> and uh and thankfully I was very lucky to get the amount of footage that I did get and mm-hmm. ultimately got a got a stud antelope on the ground and most of that hunt on video. So um self filming can be a challenge when you're when you're on the move yeah. for sure. The last thing that I wanna to touch on is after the shot. Filming your recovery because I think, especially when you're self filming, that's one of the most forgotten things. I feel like just, yeah, from seeing stuff that comes in that's sent into us, um, from other people that we're asked to edit or publish, or seeing other people's productions, the recovery is a very overlooked thing, surprisingly, for amateur um, videographers in the hunting industry, yeah. Um, I th- and I think it's just mainly, especially with self-filming, you get into that, you get excited, you know, you're all pumped up, you oh, just yeah, kill the an animal, really and forget. you just run out there and, and, and want to go get them. And, mm-hmm. and you forget about it. Eventually, you remember to turn the camera back on, but that's eventually, yeah. you know. So, I think that's a very overlooked, overlooked part. So, that's one thing that I would encourage everybody to do, because it makes that production so much more better, is take the time. Take the few extra minutes to get set up and film that recovery. Um, and I know what I did when I killed my antelope because I self-filmed that hunt. Mm-hmm. And it would, it was footage. It wasn't the best footage because it was self-filmed, but it was footage. And I wanted a good recovery because of that. So I waited. I could see my antelope laying in this bottom yeah, 100 yards from me. And I could just run down there and get him. He's yeah, not going I remember anywhere. watching it. But I stood up on that hill and I waited for 45 minutes for Drew to get out there so that he could video me recovering that goat. Yeah, because I mean that that's just that's the game we play. And mm-hmm. if you're if you're just doing it for your own enjoyment or even your own little channel, you know that might not be as high on your priority list. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for us, at least, I feel like it's really important to get yeah. that get a good recovery um, on camera because. The, the kill shot is good, but like we just talked about a little a few minutes ago, the the reaction is is a big part of it yeah. as well.
2: And if you if you are just doing it uh, for your own enjoyment, for your own memories, the memories of that recovery is going to be uh, just as fun for you to have later on. When you're when you're rewatching all this video, you don't just want the kill shot and then uh, you know a grip and grim picture. You want uh, you want the kill shot and then the recovery and the whole process because that's just going to be it's just going to be able. You're just going to be able to withdraw that so much more, so much better, and you're just going to have that much more enjoyment when you do. Absolutely.
1: Well, buddy, thanks for sitting down with me oh, and uh, and hanging out again no for another another podcast. It's been fun, guys. Um, if this is your first podcast that you're listening to, I encourage you to check out um, all the other ones that we have from from Fall Obsession Podcast, um, and be sure that you go into our website, fallobsession.com. Check us out we have a lot a ton of great info on that on a bunch of stuff hunting and outdoor related like i said bow hunting's
2: our bread and butter and uh, there's also a lot of a lot of gear reviews yes a lot of different articles on different tips uh, there's a few recipes on there i think a lot of for recipes your wild on game there. yeah uh, for you uh, a lot of people don't think of that but, but and this
1: is not on topic at all but if you guys really are looking for some good wild game recipes whether it be venison upland game or anything of that sorts, go to our website because our guys have put on some pretty stinking good recipes Absolutely. up there. So you don't think of that as Fall Obsession, but Fall Obsession's got some good recipes. So be sure you check us out for that. And as always, like our Facebook, Instagram pages, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, and subscribe to this podcast.
2: And go, go get you some merch.
1: Yeah, we got we got some cool merch. Absolutely. That's- More to come as well. Absolutely. A lot of a lot of big things coming from Fall Obsession here in the next few months. So you guys don't want to miss it. Um, we do some cool giveaways and stuff as well. So thanks for tuning in and listening, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. See you later.